within the heart of each of us is the desire to explore, to venture out, to leave behind the ordinary and find something new. New places, new paths, new challenges. We look for adventure and for a tomorrow that asks more of us than today. We want to hear the wind in the trees. We want to look out across the expanses. We want to take in the beauty around us and find the thrill the average person never does. So we set out to find a better way in our relationships, in our pursuits, and in our faith. Life Trails, take the next step. Back a few months ago, Buddy Robbins passed away. If you're sitting here and thinking, I don't know Buddy Robbins, I wouldn't expect you to. Uh, Buddy Robbins was the custodian, the uh, maintenance guy at the church in South Bend where I was for several, several years. He was, uh, to give you a little perspective, he was kind of the Brad of Grace Church in, in Granger. And he passed away. And what was a little bit um, unusual about Buddy's passing, well, he actually... Uh, got cancer back several years ago and just went through repeated treatments and, and chemotherapy and all the different things. And just about the time it looked like he was doing well again, he'd get news that it was, the cancer was back. And, and he, he, he passed away. But what was unusual was the fact that Buddy actually went to his funeral while he was alive. Uh, and I thought this was a great idea. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> Buddy was a great guy. Uh, but Scott and Wayne were his sons, and Scott and Wayne and I grew up together. And, but they just decided that a lot of times you do funerals after somebody's gone, and everybody says all kinds of nice things, and that person's not here, there to hear them, and they wanted it to be different. So they scheduled the service, and I don't think they called it a funeral, and, uh, but they scheduled the service ahead of time, and they invited Buddy to come, and they said we just want to honor Buddy and the life that he lived. And so everybody came and uh, shared how Buddy had impacted their life. And I love that. And what a great idea, because thinking just about how you know, Buddy was kind of the guy that, that nobody noticed in that, he was a guy who had a tremendous influence in people's life. And really, when we do funerals, that's a little bit of what we do, is we gather together and we share some stories and we share some memories but really, there are all of those things are connected by this idea is we really stop and pause to think about the influence that that person had on our lives. And so we've been talking about influence um, for the last several weeks here. We've, we've been part of this Life Trails series and talking about how influence is such an important part, not of just how we are affected in life, but how we can affect other people in life. And if we will really be intentional about our influence, we can make their paths and their trails better. But here's the truth of it is we can't do that and make other people's paths and trails better without benefiting ourselves in the process. And so we've been talking about this to say, hey, influence is something that each of us can do. And I want to encourage each of us to do it because as we commit to that, our lives are actually going to be better because we're going to be living out what it was that God uh, made us to do. And what do we say? God said, he, you got two commands here. The first command is you need to love God with all of your heart. 
But he gave us a second command too. And that command is what? To love your neighbor as yourself. And you really can't keep that first command without keeping the second command. And you really can't keep that second command without this idea of influence. And so we've been talking about it here the, the past uh, couple weeks. And I don't know if we said anything too new or too revolutionary. Uh, maybe a little bit from the standpoint of the fact that Jesus says, hey, be salt and light and win people over instead of running people over because we live in a world right now that persuasion and power and pressure and all of those things are the ways that we are trying to win the day. And Jesus said, no, 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 I'll give you a different path. Uh, let your light shine and, and be the salt of the earth and, and let your uh, good deeds point people to the Father. And we talked about those things. And I think as we've talked about it the past couple of weeks, we looked at Peter last week and, and his story of, of helping a lame man. I think most of us would sit there and say, you know what? I agree with that, Brent. In fact, I don't think I've heard you say anything that I thought was like even controversial. I mean, I'm on board. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm on, I, that's me. What you say, I believe. But I think the truth of the matter is, if I had to be really mean this morning and say, okay, now, stand up and tell me about how you've intentionally been an influence here the past couple of weeks. We might wait a while, or we might run out of examples pretty quick. And so it's like, yeah, I'm on board with this, but my fear is, for all of us, me included, is sometimes we know something, but we don't do very well with it. And so what I want to do this morning here is I want to walk us through how do we do this? And how do we become an influence? And we're all influences, so it's not how, how do we become an influence. It's how do we have the kind of influence that I think God wants us to have and that we can potentially live out. So if you've got your bulletin this morning, on the back is where we put the outline. And you'll notice that there's blanks, and usually we go through the message on Sunday, and we, I say something, and you copy down what I say, and you put it in the blanks. And it's great fun. But this morning, you're going to notice that I'm not filling in your blanks. Those blanks are for you to fill in. So I would encourage you to grab this and to grab a pen. And what I want to do is walk through this this morning to give you some really, really practical things that I hope can be helpful to you so that we can, you know, the light is green so we can hit the gas and we can go. And I think here's the deal this morning. We need a little bit of a plan and we need the people that we're going to focus on, and then maybe we need a little bit of a push. And so I want to give us all three of those this morning. Now, another thing I'm going to do a little bit different about this morning is normally we just go to a passage and we dive in and we just kind of tear apart that passage. I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm actually going to walk through several different passages, and to help you out, most of the scripture will be on the screen this morning so you can follow along. Because what I want to do is I want to look at the greatest influencer, I think, of the New Testament. Actually, I would call him the second greatest influencer of the New Testament. The greatest influence of the New Testament would be Jesus. We're all voting for Jesus on that one. Number two, who would you vote for as the greatest influencer after Jesus in the New Testament? Any votes? Paul. And you look at what he did, it's absolutely incredible. And the way that he did it was how? By simply, simply, that's a new word, by simply influencing people. And so what I want to do this morning is share with you what I believe are eight rules, and I'm calling them rules, but there are eight things that we see demonstrated in Paul's ministry 
that we're all about influence that I think we can all copy pretty easily here this morning. Maybe with a little bit of effort, but these are all doable things. So let's start with the first one, and it's going to be in first, uh, 2 Timothy 1 is where the scripture is. But here's the point. The point is this, to accept your mission. Now let's read this verse here this morning. 2 Timothy 1.11, it says this, And of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And what Paul is simply saying here, and he's writing to Timothy, he says, like, hey, Timothy, I was given this job, and my job was to be a herald or to be a spokesman. My job was to be an apostle, to speak for God, and my, my, my job that I was given was to be a teacher here. But if you take all three of these, herald, apostle, teacher, what do they all have in common? They're all just influencing opportunities. And Paul's saying, I was given the responsibility and the opportunity, but I was given the responsibility and the mission of being an influencer. Now, I would admit that you and I probably have not had a calling quite like Paul's. You've probably not been on the way to anywhere where the skies opened up and this you know, bright light shone down on you and you were thrown to the ground or anything like that. And you say, so I'm off the hook there because that was Paul, that's not me. I don't think so. Because if I've already mentioned here this morning, there was a mission that was already given by Jesus Christ that said what? To love your neighbor as yourself. And we have been given this mission and this responsibility. Jesus also said that what? We are salt and we are light. He didn't say you need to be salt or you should be salt or you should become salt. He said you are. We have this mission ourselves. And so as we start this morning, the simple starting place is this. We got to own it. We got to look at this and say, you know what? I can be an influence. In fact, I am an influence, but I could be a better influence or I could be an intentional influence here, right here where I am, as I am, the person that I am. And this is really what I believe is our spiritual calling. Do you ever think about this? Everything that you can do, I mean, when you trusted Christ, everything spiritually we could do in heaven. And so God could have just taken us to heaven right away. But he left us here, and he left us here for the impact that we'd have on the people around us. And as we're sitting here on planet Earth today and in this room today, our primary purpose then is to reach out into the lives of people around us. And so we need to accept that calling, see it as our quest, and realize that at the end of the day, this is how we're going to be measured. At the end of the day, if we have a, a funeral for us or if we get to attend our own funeral, I don't know. But we're going to be measured by the way that we influence people in life. And so you have blanks on your out thing right there. It says name and date. The name is your name. The date is today. And the question is, do you choose to accept the mission? And maybe you're like, I don't know. Maybe you need to keep talking before I sign on the dotted line here. That's fine. But before we're done this morning, I hope you'll say, you know what? This is my role. This is my responsibility. This is my opportunity. I'm going to sign this, and I'm going to date this. Well, we go to the second uh, rule here, and it's this. Look for opportunities. And I love this about the Apostle Paul. You get this sense everywhere he goes in life, he's looking for people to talk to. He's looking for people to actually have an influence on. I love what he says here in Colossians chapter 2. Uh, or Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. 
He's talking to the Colossian church. He said, devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful. And then he says this, and pray for us. That would be him. Pray for me too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And what is he saying here? Does we go on to the next verse? Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And I love this about Paul. Is Paul, every person he met, it was like, yeah, I've got an opportunity to influence this person. And, and so he would go different places. In fact, we're going to read a passage here in just a minute where he would intentionally go to where the people were so that he could have the opportunity to meet them and to share with them and eventually share Christ. And that was his goal. But Paul was constantly looking for that opportunity. And that's what I'd like to encourage us with this morning. Where is your opportunity? Because you have them right now where you are in your life. You have people that you can influence, maybe in your family, maybe in your workplace, maybe in your neighborhood, maybe in your friend group, uh, maybe it's, it's kids you know, maybe it's, it's influencing up. But who is or who are the people that you can influence. Now you'll notice there you got two blanks on your outline again. One says inside and one says outside. What is that all about? Well, Paul was a huge influencer. In fact, this letter that he's writing to the Colossian church is for the purpose of influence. Hey, let me share with you some things that will help you in your faith. So he's writing and influencing insiders, but what does he talk about there? Hey, give me doors, pray that I would have doors of opportunity so that I can talk to outsiders. People that are not part of the faith, people who are not part of the church. And I would like to encourage us in that same way this morning. You've got two blanks there. Who would go in the insider blank? Somebody who's already part of the family of God, and we're, so we're influencing this person because in, in influencing them for good or for God, helping them take a step or, or nudging them in a direction that might move them closer to God or move them closer to experiencing God's blessing and, and goodness in their lives. And it may be in this room, and it may be somebody in, you know, the, the, your family, or it might be extended. But who's somebody on the inside? So it's not a matter of, like, is this person coming to Christ? It's just a matter of you helping them in their faith. Who is that name? And then who's on the outside? And maybe that's even a harder one to say, who do I know that's not part of this faith family that we're part of, that I'm part of? Who do I know that doesn't know Jesus Christ yet, but I'd really love to have a, a role or a part in that person coming to Christ? And put that person's name in that other blank. And so as we work on this plan, this plan is going to be ineffective unless we have people. Because I, we have influence all the time, but we can be way, 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 way better at influence if we'll be more intentional about it. Well, we move on to the third rule here, and it's this, to initiate contact. And let me just read some verses. This is a story in Acts chapter 16. Paul had just gotten to Philippi. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. And so Paul's new in the city, knows nobody, but he's going to go to where the people are. So he goes to the river. There must have been a gathering place at the river, assuming that some people would show up there to pray. So he's probably looking for some people, maybe had some spiritual interest, but there was no church there at that time. But he goes there and he meets these people, including this one woman named Lydia. She came from the city of Thyatira. She was a dealer in purple cloth. 
She was a worshiper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. But he took the step to actually go out and meet people. Now, we can say, okay, I'm going to accept my mission, and here's the people, the names that I've written down. At some point here, you are going to have to initiate contact. You are going to have to do something, just like Paul did here. And he goes and meets this woman, Lydia, and she ends up becoming a major player in the Philippian church and, and actually uh, is, is one of the founding people of the church there. So the question to you practically, to me practically this morning is, okay, how are you going to do this? How are you going to influence these persons that you put on that second line? Maybe it's like, you know what, I'm going to give them a phone call this week. Maybe it's going to be, I'm going to, you know, pass some cookies over the fence. Maybe it's, I'm going to sit down next to them at lunch and say, hey, how's it going? Uh, maybe it's, I don't know. But to be intentional about it, start with a kindness, because good deeds open doors, and offer friendship, because we all want friends. Is there anybody here that, you know, you really hope that you never have a friend? Now, sometimes we act like that because of how we push people away. But no, we all want friends. And if you can offer friendship to somebody, that goes a long way. My daughter is a, uh, is a teacher. In fact, she's, she's kind of living her dream now. She taught her first class of um, freshman English at University of California, Riverside. So she's now officially a college teacher. I don't think she's quite a professor yet. I don't know how, how they designate those terms. But we've talked to her. She's taught school for several years, but we always talk about the same thing with Allie. It's like, you know, how to, you know how to get kids to like you as a teacher? It's really easy. You just like them first, and they like you back. Do you know how to get people to like you in life? Just like them first, and they'll like you back. It's not that complicated, but sometimes we're not very good at liking people first. So on your blank there this morning, the question is what? And the answer is, what are you going to do to initiate contact and to start to build this influencing relationship? We go to the next point here, and it's the next rule is simply this, to come alongside and if you're involved in a small group, you're going to be looking at a passage this week that really represents this because the greatest example of Paul coming alongside somebody was the person of Timothy. And you're going to be walking a little bit with Timothy's story in these small groups. And if you're not part of a small group, we'd love to connect you to a small group. And everything that we're studying right now is based off of what we're talking about on Sunday mornings. So it's like really reinforcing and really helping us get focused. But here's a verse that I really like. It's in 1 Thessalonians. We read this earlier this fall, but look, look at this. Paul says this, So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but we were delighted to share our lives with you as well. And the idea here is not that you say, Hey, do what I'm telling you to do. Hey, um, you know, I've got this great idea. You need to, you need to check this out. The idea is to say, hey, let's just kind of do life together. Let's go to the game together. Let's, let's cheer for our kids together here on the sidelines. Let's, um, and whatever it is, but how do you become, how do you come alongside, uh, alongside of this person? How do you walk the path of life with them? 
It's friendship. It's companionship. It's about presence. It's about personal touch. It's all of these things. But if we're going to have influence, it's going to be as much of what rubs off as much as what we tell people. And in fact, if, if I'm going to show up and say, here, let me give you a list of things that you ought to work on in your life. See how that goes. I'm sure that will be well received. Oh, let me get a pen. I'll be taking notes here. No, we show up beside somebody and, and, and we live out life and we live out life as a Christ follower and we live out life as the person that God has called us to be. And that's how we start to have influence. Now, I put a blank there for you too. Just to keep you moving along on this plan is we have identified the person, we've identified the what. Now I'm going to encourage you to identify the when. When are you going to do this? Well, let me quickly go through these last ones here. The fifth one is to offer hope. I love these verses in first, or 2 Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, hey, I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandma, Lois, your mom, Eunice. And I'm persuaded, man, it, it all lives in you, man. I see your faith, Timothy. And for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For the spirit uh, God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. But what Paul is doing here, and we talked about this last week with Peter as well, is he's offering hope. And you know, I think this is the greatest tool that we have when it comes to influence, is to offer somebody hope. We live in a pretty hopeless world, don't we? And if you're not hopeless, just go watch the news. It'll do it to you real fast. And we need people in our lives who give us hope, but especially we need people who give us hope in the fact that that the future will be okay for us or the fact that we can make a difference in the future or, or the fact that, that we see something in this person. And this is what I love about Paul when he talks to Timothy. He's like, Timothy, man, I see this in you. You ever had somebody in your life who just believed in you? Like maybe it was a teacher who was like, hey, I know you can do this. Like, I, I'm watching you. I see your gifts. I see your skills. And like, it's finally like, yeah, I can do that. Or maybe it was a coach who looked at you and said, you know what? You have natural ability. You just got to work it, but you've got potential here. It's like, really? Or maybe it's even a parent, but you've had that person in your life who's like, I believe in you. That's what we're talking about right here. To find somebody and say, here, I see this in you. I see this potential. And so the challenge here, the action step is to know this person well enough that you can say, hey, I see something here. And to offer them hope or affirmation in that direction. To say, hey, man, I'm watching, I'm watching you teach kids down here in church, you know, in Faith Mountain. You got a gift. Has anybody ever said something like that to you? How do you feel? Oh, stop it. I hate hearing good things about me. We're not put together that way. In fact, uh, Solomon talks about that, that most of us, we, we tend to live up to our praise. So was a man to his praise. And so we have this opportunity. So that's the question for you there. I see, what is it that you see in these people that you're hoping to influence? The next one here, lead by example. I think this is maybe the, the most obvious. But Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That is an amazing verse. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Just do what I do, you're going to be good. I don't know, I mean, 
That's almost scary to say, but the idea is still so important that we provide the example. See, telling people doesn't work that well, does it? Showing people works a whole lot better. And we say that sometimes, don't, don't tell me, show me. And this is the idea. And we win people over by becoming people that are people of inspiration, where people want to follow. But don't expect somebody to do something that you're not doing yourself. So the question that comes on our, in our practice here, on our, on our plan, is leading by example, what is one thing that God's done in your life where you can say to somebody, hey, and not say to somebody, but where you can provide an example to somebody is like, okay, follow me. Can you encourage somebody in that way? And maybe it's like, okay, God's really helped you learn how to study God's word, where you could come alongside somebody and say, hey, you know what? Um, this is kind of what I got from my Bible here today, and, and this has been a great experience. And they can be inspired not by what you're telling them, but what you're showing them. Number seven here, make use of all the tools. We've talked about example. we talk about affirmation. Uh, the obvious tool is this one. I thank God, Paul's writing to Timothy, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. But there are so many tools of influence out there. Prayer is so important. Affirmation is important. Presence is important. Um, uh, we talked about um, example is important. But experience is important. Connections are important. Time is so, so, so important. Conversations are important. Just asking questions. You have a lot of tools available to you. And Paul is the master, I think, at using these tools. And if you want to have something fun just to do on your own this week, go through some of the book of Acts or go through some of the epistles that Paul wrote and see how he impacted, influenced people, the different tools that he used. And so here's a simple action step to take one of those tools, prayer, and say, my prayer for this person is, and what is that prayer? And then the last thing here, the last rule, leverage the power of personal experience or tell your story. I think this is one of the greatest ways that we can influence this. We can just say, hey, you know what? I had that, I, I had this situation come up and this, this is what happened. And in that way, you can share a lot of truth. In fact, I think when we're talking about influencing somebody who doesn't know Christ, who's not a Jesus follower, that story is so powerful too. Hey, let me just tell you about what happened in like my, this weird faith experience I had and, and how it affected my life in this power of story. Now, we talked about this in our uh, Seven Wonders series this summer from, from uh, John chapter 9 about the blind man who said, he said, I don't know who this Jesus is. All I know is I used to be blind, but now I can see. And we talked about this idea of sharing your story. And we had a little um, tool that you can use there. We've put that back into the um, small groups now. So small groups, either last week when you did your small group um, or this week when you do your small group, that is part of the, um, part of the um, curriculum there for this week. But this idea of sharing stories. And how powerful that is. And if you've ever been in a situation, you've ever been in a room where somebody shares a story, it's, it's incredibly impactful. Even among people who are, are believers. But we want to keep encouraging you to work on, on not creating your story, but articulating your story 
so that you can share that. But this is a huge, huge part of your influence is your actual story. It's interesting to me if you look in Acts chapter 22, Paul's in trouble for his faith, but he's in front of all these people and he finally gets everybody quieted down and he says to the officials there, the, the, uh, the, the, the Romans, and says, hey, hey, I've got everybody's attention. Can I say a few words? And they're like, go ahead. And what does he do? Acts 22, he shares his story of how he came to Christ on the Damascus Road. Later, he's in prison, and, and he, he's going to be appearing in Rome, but as he waits, Agrippa, the king, comes through, and, and Paul's brought before Agrippa. And Agrippa's like, hey, Paul, go ahead and tell me what you got. And Paul says, hey, let me share my story with you. And it's almost like verbatim what he shared four chapters earlier, because it was such a powerful part of his influence. And so that's obviously the action step there is how can I develop my story? Not make it up, but how can I get to where I can tell it well? And where can I share that story? Well, as we finish up this morning here, my, my goal and my hope is that we don't just come to church and say, yeah, that's good. We should be influences. And we go out the door and we never give another thought to that. That's not helpful to you, and it's not helpful to the world around you. And I don't really think it's part of loving your neighbor as yourself. And so I would just say this in conclusion this morning. We need to be influences, but it's not about you. It's not about you. You can have an influence so you can have a following. We have a lot of people in the world who are looking for followings. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about genuinely caring about people so that if nobody ever knows that you're an influence, it doesn't matter. It's just that you care about them enough and love them enough that you're out there doing everything that you can to make their life better, whether that's an insider, somebody who's in the faith, or whether that's somebody who's an outsider. And you're probably not going to get thanked. And, you, know, you may not have a whole file full of thank you notes that doesn't usually arrive. In fact, you can check with Paul. Paul, all of these people, a lot of these people are helping, kind of abandon him along the way. But it still is worth doing it. Because that's what our mission is. Paul was this incredible influencer. And we look at this list, these rules of things, and it's kind of like, oh, that's all kind of basic, isn't it? But the thing that separates Paul from us a lot of times is our commitment to it. And so that's the challenge this morning. As we come up and we're at the traffic light here, it's green. It's time to go make a difference in the world. Just need to hit the gas. Let's pray. God, thank you for the example of Paul. I pray that that would challenge us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would challenge us to be way more intentional about this influence that we have. If you're here this morning and you're talking about Christ, but you don't Jesus Christ, you don't have a relationship with him, I encourage you to consider that this morning, to become his follower, to give your life to him, to believe that he came, died on the cross for your sin, rose again. If you are here this morning and you've been following along on the back of that paper, will you take those steps? It's that simple. Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to you. Help us to be the influencers that you want us to be. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Chris is going to lead us in a song, and then we are going to 
celebrate baptism this morning, and I think you're going to really enjoy it.